welcome to When Women Speak Stories Worth Telling, a series of interviews with ordinary, extraordinary women sharing their stories, including answering three questions on something that inspired, a game-changing moment, and what the words When Women Speak say to them. Stories don't define who you are or determine the future, and yet they paint a vivid landscape of the world through a particular lens. That view can change in an instant, and there's something powerful in sharing our stories, learning and unlearning together, and setting them free, stripping us back to the essence of who we are. Who would you be without your story? Welcome to When Women Speak podcast. I'm your host, Sarah J. Sanderson, and our guest for this episode describes himself as a podcast addict and enjoyed this show so much they asked to be a guest. Alexandria Maria is an empowerment coach and business mentor for women all over the world, and her mission is to help women make their dream life a reality. Mmm, how yummy does that sound? In this episode, Alexandria speaks of feeling caged, tasting freedom, trying to conform that then led on to symptoms of depression, changing direction and making a commitment to keep choosing into what feels aligned. There came a point in Alexandria's life when the rule book she'd been taught to follow was ripped up, leaving behind her corporate job and deciding to create her own path. She now inspires and helps empower women to follow their own path and suggests we see 2020 as a year to take note, turn inward and decide what we want for ourselves going forward. As always, we love to hear your comments and reflections, so please do share via email or on the When Women Speak Global Network Facebook page or in our private group on Facebook. All the links to When Women Speak are in the show notes and you'll also find links to connect with Alexandria Maria and her amazing work. So welcome to another episode of Stories Worth Telling and today I'm joined by the very gorgeous, fabulous Alexandria Maria who's over in the in Costa Rica. So welcome Andrea and oh see I'm Andrea oh my god so that's going to be having to having to edit already. <laughs> I can go by Andrea I'm here for Andrea that works. Maybe I'll I keep... was like staying quiet just in case we could like get, get away with it but <laughs> well maybe I'll keep it in it's yeah this is it's you know this is this is what happens sometimes at the beginning of a podcast people I get the name yeah. wrong. <laughs> Alexandria <laughs> Maria is here with me. Welcome. All of you is welcome. <laughs> Thank you. That was such a lovely welcome as well. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful as well. So I don't blame you for kind of, Alex is fine from now onwards. It's much shorter, oh, it's much easier to get out. <laughs> fabulous. Um, fabulous. Thank you for that. <laughs> so um, where do we start? Well, what would be nice actually is, um, uh, Alex, you actually reached out to When Women Speak, didn't you, to um, to yeah. sort of say, hi, I'd love to speak. So what was yeah. the, what was that about? What kind of like, what, how did you come to be writing an email to When Women Speak? Yeah, so I'm a podcast addict, like I've just completely fallen in love with it. And particularly since we've been, we've been in Mexico, we've been in Costa Rica, walks down the beach listening to a podcast is just like my absolute heaven um so I don't know how I came across you I think I was kind of like searching random things I sometimes do that I don't know if you do that you've kind of got something that's playing on your mind and you're like I'm gonna see if there's a podcast on that I'm gonna search and, and see what comes up and when when women speak came up and I just kind of really fell in love with 
hearing women's different stories and the different kind of ways that women spoke about other women speaking as well. I found it really empowering to listen to. And it felt like a space that that seems to be reflecting what's opening up a lot more in general in society, where women are coming together again, where we are creating these circles, where we are speaking freely. And we're allowing ourselves to be really inspired as well by other women speaking and what what truths they come forward with. So I just really loved the way that it was kind of allowing women to speak in that and I, I feel like you allow people to open up a lot in this space it's a really sacred space so allowing people to speak their truths and that could be you know about difficult childhoods you know um difficult relationships whatever has come up for them and still speak in a way that was really empowering as well mm, gorgeous well I'm so pleased that you did send that email and we're getting to have this lovely conversation today and there's something I feel really powerful in claiming something as well. It's like, yeah, no, I want, I want to speak and I'm going to, I'm going to go for that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You, yeah. I'm really with you on that. Cause I think, I feel like, I, I feel like I speak quite a lot these days, but when I look back, it was a big part of my journey that I didn't, I kind of, a huge part of my journey. And again, maybe this is, you know, what was kind of the underlying appeal was, so much of my own personal journey was pleasing other people and trying to to live a life of pleasing. So it was never really speaking truly for me and what I wanted and what I desired. So I think, yeah, there's something very empowering, like you say, about being able to, to connect with that. Hmm. Well, that leads us really into, our, into one of the questions, doesn't it? Of <laughs> which is, what do the words when women speak say to you? You know, when you sent this through, I'd heard other women answer this question and you kind of allow the kind of, I guess, the medicines just kind of soak in. You hear all these answers. But when I thought, what does it mean to me? Actually, it made me, I was like, it feels like such a big question. I was like, how do I truly reflect what that means to me? So it was quite interesting because I tried to tackle it in quite a masculine way. I thought, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to make some notes, I'm going to really think this out. And actually, the conclusion I came to was that I wanted to tackle it in a much more feminine way. I wanted to, to feel into it and, and tell you how it feels when I, when I hear that. And it really feels like a collective sigh. It feels like a, a release and a relief. Um, and it feels hopeful. I feel very hopeful when I hear you say that mm. I'd love to hear of a time where there was an that sense of of hopeful so I don't know if you can yeah think of a a time in your life where that sense of feeling hopeful was quite was quite a powerful moment for you yeah well I guess in juxtaposition a really a big turning point in my life was a point where I didn't feel hopeful. Um, I felt a complete absence of hope and I, I would look forward at my life and what I created and kind of saw this path moving forward, repeating these same patterns, living out this, I guess, this, this path, this, this kind of roadmap that I'd created. And I didn't feel much hope. Um, and that really manifested for me. You know, I've suffered from depression. I've just suffered from quite severe anxiety and I felt no hope. So when I started to feel those, 
I guess there's like sprinkles. They feel like little specks of light, like appearing in the dark. When I started to feel those come through, again, maybe it was that feeling of relief, but it felt incredibly powerful. And I really learned not to take it for granted either. And maybe that's something as well that we we know in 2020, you know, there's been a lot going on. Maybe that's something we can all take from it, that hope is such a it's such a powerful thing that we feel and it's something that's really we should celebrate um but for me what that looked like I guess in more practical terms was you know I created a life that was very um cookie cutter so you know you you go to uni you study you get a good job you kind of you have a boyfriend a flat like you tick 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 all these boxes you should be really happy and I ticked all my boxes and I got to the end and I was like, but I'm not happy. I'm I'm actually really unhappy. And hope felt like realizing there was a different reality. There was a different possibility. There were more options available to me and options that were in alignment, options that did feel like a complete soul yes and that I could pursue those. Mm. And on that, on that journey of um of ticking all the boxes were there moments in that where you were almost like going against an instinct or you know what what was going on for you as you were ticking those boxes off and like no well maybe if I once I get this then I'll be happy was there kind of that's that narrative going on yeah, that's such an interesting question because at the time I would have said no. So at the point, I, I mean, I pretty much had what what you'd really call a breakdown that I really had. There was just a day, nothing particularly interesting happened, but something just snapped within me. And I was like, I, ca- I can't live like this anymore. And if you'd asked me prior to that point, I don't think I would have seen that anything was out of alignment. I don't think I would have noticed that I was going against anything. But now when I look back with hindsight, I can see so clearly I was going against everything that was within me and was was natural to me. Um, so I was very artistic when I was growing up. I really loved drama. I loved art. I loved creating. I was a real creator. I loved like philosophy and thinking about life. Like all these things are the things that really set my soul on fire. But I kind of thought well that's not practical that's not going to make money that isn't going to get me a career um so kind of just chipped away all these things that seemed superfluous in the end I was like no I don't need that I don't need that I don't need that and there was like there was little hints at it so when I was 21 um this is quite a funny story actually so I I finished my university degree didn't know what I wanted to do still And I thought I'm going to get a job and then I'm going to go traveling and then hopefully it will work itself out. Um, And my parents kind of quite fairly said, you know, it doesn't seem like much of a plan still. Maybe you should go and do a master's instead. So I was like, right, okay, um, but I really want to travel. So there was this kind of compromise area where I was going to go to Australia and do my master's so I could travel and I could study. And um, prior to that, there there was like a weird gap in the in the term time so I I think I graduated in June I didn't start my master's till February so I started working in an office um in Manchester and um it was in a it was in one of those like um I don't know what they're called like industrial parks that was it so it was this office in this industrial park and I kid you not there were bars on the on the windows there were literal bars on the windows. And I get why there were bars because like the area wasn't great and it was to stop people like breaking in or the rest of it. But oh my God, like what it did to my head working in an office with bars on the windows. 
And I was bored out of my skull. Like, honestly, there was just no words for the boredom. I remember I was stood at the photocopier one day and I was doing really mundane tasks. It was very, you know, like admin-y kind of stuff. And I remember being stood at the photocopier looking at these bars on the windows and thinking, are they to stop people getting in or to stop people getting out? I just felt this, like, just, just this sensation of pure frustration and boredom and so many things um and I decided at that point that I was going to go to an ashram in Thailand so I found this like ashram in like I liked yoga I'd done some videos yoga wasn't really cool then either this is like 10 years ago it was still like a bit of a weird like hippie thing and all the rest of it and um I found this ashram in like the most remote part of northern Thailand and was like I'm going to an ashram for a month so I took myself on a plane 21 years old traveling by myself for the first time and and went to this ashram and had this you know very it was very overwhelming actually you know but this huge experience there and then I went and did my business masters and kind of tried to carry on carry on the path so at the time maybe I didn't see it but looking back I'm like there were so many signs you know I, I went out of touch with all this creative nature and this creative things that I loved you know working in an office for me personally and this is my personal journey just wasn't a sole yes um and then there was the the running away to the ashram as well so maybe I should have known sooner I love that running away to an ashram and how cool at 21 that's that's so cool to do that Mm. yeah I mean I, I think it just maybe sounds cooler it was like it was really hardcore it was like they wake you up they wake you up at 5am like you meditated for two hours a day like you did four hours of yoga it was like it's all vegan diet like it was yeah it was it was definitely an experience but um I'm really glad I did it I look back and I kind of I feel proud of that 21 year old yeah definitely because yeah I'm yeah it can sound idyllic going off to these far off places but yeah like a yoga yoga retreat um it it's not really a a treat element <laughs> it's kind of, unless you like yeah getting up really early and uh, stretching into yeah. all manner of different positions that can be quite painful at times or intense I should say rather than painful yeah. I think as well, I think I think I thought it was going to be more of a retreat. I didn't realize it was like a really <laughs> hardcore 200-hour yoga teacher training and that actually they were going to like, you know, really get us, get us into being those good yogis. So, um, yeah, it was it was more intense than I imagined, but, um, yeah, a real experience. <laughs> mm. And do you still have connections with people from that time? Um, do you know, that was one of the things as well that I'm kind of proud of myself for. I went there, I was the only English girl there, I was the youngest girl there. It was a very like international mix. Um, a lot were were Thai as well and didn't speak any English. So we had our kind of like communication attempts going on. Um, and we kind of like have each other on Facebook and cheer each other on a lot because we're all quite spread all over the world. Um, but yoga has continued to be part of my life since then. And the lessons have really weaved themselves in and out of my life. Um, so I feel like it's left a real, it was a real lasting impression and a, and a real experience. Mm. And sometimes when we do do something where we're so focused and it is a level of devotion, that does seem to be what then has that lasting transformation. Well, it, it, that's my, been my experience anyway. It, it was it was honestly one of the hardest things I'd done in my life at that point. But that in itself taught me a lot about how resilient I was and how adaptable I was to change. And 
I actually find it really interesting being in the place I am now. I work a lot more within spirituality and, you know, kind of life coaching and things like this. And I understand a lot more of the lessons that were occurring then than I did at the time. But they must have stuck with me in a way that because because sometimes things will happen now in my life. And I'm like, oh, that was what they meant. This is what Mm. it feels like. So even though I wasn't maybe ready for all of it then, when I have been ready, the lessons have kind of come back to me in a way of like a, a remembering, which has been really interesting to experience. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. Being I love that description, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can just kind of, uh, I, I can imagine you um, having like these insights and just going deeper from where you, you know, from what you kind of heard all those years ago and it's sort of like just dropping even deeper. Just, mm, yeah. love it okay I'm going to ask um another one of our questions which is what have you come to realize that could be described as a game changer yeah so just before we started pressing record I did have we did have a laugh because I was saying batch cooking because (laughs) (laughs) when you're when you're trying to run a business and like eat healthily and you know just be feeling like generally good batch cooking is a real game changer um but I'm a sort of deeper sense um the the one that really came to mind again I just tried to feel into this was that um because I am alive anything is possible and really recognizing that and knowing that even if things start to feel out of alignment again if things are looking like they're going to be really tricky or hard because we're all human we all come across situations that do feel hard that there is other possibilities that I can create whatever reality from that that I I so desire because I'm here and that makes it all possible um and I think that really it's one of those it's one of those kind of I guess phrases or beliefs that that really applies to the good times and the bad times to me because it's something that, again, coming back to the idea of hope, provides hope in those times when things do feel a little bit difficult. But it also really harnesses that excitement and that that real creative energy and that flow when things are feeling really in alignment and are really flowing. And, and you're just kind of building and building upon that. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. And what what would you say to either either someone who's listening or maybe to your you know to your uh, younger self when you were in you know before you changed direction what would you say to somebody who was feeling that things are difficult I think I would ask them to go within and really really look at you know Things feeling difficult is quite like a general term, but I I often find that when things feel difficult, there's two things. And this is why it's kind of going within and working out which one of those two things it is. One is it's difficult because sometimes when we're moving from our comfort zone, sometimes when we're moving from the things that we know, sometimes when we're moving from staying small or playing small, it feels uncomfortable because it's, it's new territory. And there's excitement, but there's also a hell of a lot of fear there. So it can just be that kind of discomfort, but the kind of good kind, the juicy kind, the growing kind. 
But then there's another kind of difficulty that we can feel because things are out of alignment. And actually things are feeling like an uphill slog because it's not quite right. Because something isn't quite slotting into place and it's not quite flowing and it's not truly coming from you. It's not truly coming from your desires. So I think here I would, I'd really suggest a real, a real tapping inward and feeling into which of those it feels like. Is it actually that it's quite expansive despite the fact it's difficult because it's taking you towards these things that you do truly want. It's helping you grow out of your comfort zone. It's helping you play a little bit bigger if you've maybe been playing small. Or is it that actually you're forcing yourself into a route? You're trying to tick all those boxes, but they're not the right boxes for you and you shouldn't be ticking them. Um, so that would be the kind of journey that I would, I would recommend exploring if you were, if you were feeling that way. Mm, yeah. No, I definitely resonate with that. I was having a conversation with Nicola, the, the, the other co-founder of When Women Speak Today, where we were just saying how we both really recognise we need to focus inward first before we do any of our kind of um, work, because it, does, it doesn't even feel like work sometimes, but, you know, but, but there are lots of different, lots of different bits going on. Um, but before we even start our day of work, that we go inward first and foremost um yeah. and for you you mentioned earlier that um when we were talking about hope and you were about to sort of change direction that there was like these little sprinkles of light so what did turning inward look like for you to really kind of for that light those sprinkles of light to sort of amplify yeah again um you know, I, I hate saying phrases like this because I feel like I'm always like coming out with cliches when I say it. You know, <laughs> you know, there's that like phrase, like it's always darkest before the dawn. Like it, it very much felt like that though. It was, so, so what essentially happened was I had this moment, I had this, this flick where the dam broke and I just felt like, like I am not happy and everything sort of fell apart. Essentially I built a house of cards, it all just like fell and I was left in the silence so I what essentially happened was I started crying on the Sunday I didn't know where where it come from I thought right okay it's maybe a Sunday evening blues amplified and then I got to Monday and I couldn't stop crying and I thought oh well you know it's Monday it's Monday morning dread but you know maybe I'm just having it really bad this week and I got to Tuesday and I was like no something's something's wrong here I you know gotta help myself out here and for lack of any other option of really knowing where to go I went to the doctor and they signed me off work which came as a shock to me as well I was really quite shocked to hear that when they did that I was like what really because I was so used to kind of holding everything together and having a facade of like having it all together that to have to really acknowledge I don't have it together this isn't okay it's really scary but the consequence of that was that um I was signed off work you know and everyone else was in the, you know, most of my friends work a nine to five or, you know, eight to six, whatever you like to call it, job. So they were all at work all day. I didn't really feel like talking to anyone. I didn't feel like watching anything. I didn't feel like reading anything, which is really unlike me. I was just kind of, I didn't want to go out and about. I was kind of signed off work. It felt a bit like when you're like skiving from school or something. <laughs> yeah. it, just, it all just felt like a little bit wrong. Um, I felt really like displaced. And, I, and so I just... I stayed in I stayed in my room and I was really faced with the silence and in that silence having to really pull apart my life and go inward and, and really ask myself you know what does feel right what doesn't feel right 
And it was only through doing that, it was only through really that self-inquiry, that going inward, removing the distraction, removing the noise. Like, you know, when I was in my job, if you if you told me I was unhappy, I wouldn't have realized we had so much distraction. You know, we'd go for these fabulous lunches and we'd get taken out for dinners and to the theater. And, you know, it, there was always a distraction. And I didn't have that all of a sudden. There was there was nowhere to escape my thoughts. But that was the most powerful way of of really going in. And I'm not suggesting anyone have a breakdown or, or lock themselves <laughs> in a room for a week. But, you know, throughout, we can't, you know, ignore what's happened this year in 2020. There has been these lockdowns. I have really tried to be a voice of saying, you know, there are, there is hope within this. There is sparkles of light because that was, it very much mirrored the process I went through. And what I am seeing from my perspective now as someone who does help women create transformation in their lives is so many women are saying lockdown has made me realize, you know, fill the dots for, for whatever it is for them, that I don't like my job, that actually my relationship isn't right. I'm not happy where I'm living. I want to reconnect with friends or, you know, I want to be more in nature, whatever it is for them. So really finding that even in those hardest moments, that's sometimes when we get the kind of the juiciest stuff. That's when we have those real insights. Um, and I guess kind of on a on a micro, a smaller level, just taking that time every day, you know, 10 minutes silence, you and yourself or with your journal or just before kind of like you've gone on your phone and the world's really started, really just kind of having that time to, to go within. Mm, yeah, definitely. I, I love what you're saying there about what women you've spoken to have come to realise during these times of lockdown. It's given them a sort of um a different perspective or it's it's kind of um removed a veil almost of, of maybe something that um they didn't want to see and they've just had almost been forced to look <laughs> look at it yeah and like you say that can be scary because it 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 potentially means change and the you know stepping into the unknown and that's why it's so useful to have people like you that do work with women as a, as a support or, you know, or when women speak as a community, whatever it might be. But it's just, you know, it's time to go inward, self-inquiry, but then being having support, a support system to as you yeah make those make those changes can be really helpful. <laughs> Completely. And actually, that is probably one of the things that I probably lacked very early on in, in that journey because it was so alien. I felt so alien what was happening. And um, I think it was one of the things that would have really benefited me. And again, it's just one of those lessons and one of those growings that I know that I now always have a support. I always have kind of a network and I really tap into those, you know, be it anything from listening to my podcast, walking down the beach and feeling that moment of connection to whoever I'm listening to, to you know, having my coach, having my therapist, whatever it is, and having that support network around me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Another one of our questions, our third question, in fact, is what have you seen or heard that's inspired you? So this could be something recent or from childhood. But yeah, I would love to hear. Um, I got really excited about this question because um, my answer was just, it was just so natural to me it was um Glennon Doyle Untamed have you have you read the have you read it I have of course it's just <laughs> yeah it's brilliant oh, pure <laughs> so much magic. fun so much fun but with with some 
I mean, it, yeah, there's there's ser- you know there's serious conversations and questions running through it. Um, but I was laughing, I was crying. It was it's a roller coaster, isn't it? Fantastic. Oh. But yeah, what? Yeah, tell me tell me more about what you heard. Just think, it, well, okay, I'm laughing now. Bit of a podcast junkie, as I've as I've admitted. So, um, I first heard her. I was listening to Brené Brown's Unlocking Us, and she was a guest on there, and I'd never heard of her before. And kind of listening to this episode and um my first experience of the book started with Brené reading out the passage about Tabitha which is the opening the opening kind of um sequence I guess and you know they're at this zoo and, and they're seeing Tabitha which is this amazing cheetah but she's being trained to just chase this dirty pink rabbit that's on the end of this car and she sees Tabitha kind of then standing proud in her in her cage and you know seeing these amazing planes and freedom and and kind of saying you know you're not crazy you're a goddamn cheetah and I just had shivers I was like I am Tabitha that that has been me in my life that has been me and it's really interesting actually because I never planned on telling the story when I in this podcast about being in the office with the bars on the wall but how it felt I felt like I was in this cage and just from that moment I then started to read the book itself it was just it was moment after moment of it felt like an unpeeling for me it felt like a real kind of like oh I can take that off oh I can let go of that oh okay no this is how it feels okay no it is okay to you know to do that to want that to to feel like that about the world and there's something so unapologetic about her as well I feel like she's at this point when she's writing it where she's spent so long apologizing for who she is and for being a woman. Being a woman is a huge part of that book and she's over it. And it's it's really refreshing to just kind of tap into that energy. And, and it's done in a really feminine way as well, I feel, because it's, you know, not kind of like, come on, let's just, let's just get out of here. Let's do it. It's kind of recognizing, I know what it feels like I know it can be a struggle, but there's so much freedom on the other side. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's an amazing it's an amazing book, and I I love how you shared that story earlier about at work with the bars and how that was the book that inspired you. I just I love synchronicities. <laughs> I yeah, like it, when so I was right then, I was like, oh. <laughs> when you just when you just reminded me of that, I was I was like picturing you as this lioness. Um, stood at the photocopier. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, that is such a, I love that because I think it's like such a powerful image, but it's so accurate. That's how I felt. I just felt like I had all these wild dreams and these passions and these desires and these things that I wanted to create. But I was stuck behind these bars, behind my photocopier, just kind of not, not really creating anything. <laughs> no wonder you were bored. <laughs> oh I won't bore you with telling you what the job was it was it was the most mundane job that you can think of and that's what I was doing <laughs> do you did you feel reading Untamed or maybe not at the time of reading it but did you feel there was anything missing for you in that book because you ta- you said there about how it did feel feminine but was there anything for you that was missing from that book a really interesting question and actually not one that I've considered I actually feel with that book there was actually for me there was nothing missing 
And I say it in that way because I think for, I think this is why it stands out to me as a real kind of, it feels like my new Bible. Like it's like a real, you know, I felt such a connection to it. Whereas like you say, there might be books where sometimes they miss the mark a little bit, or there's a little bit of something missing, or you you kind of left wanting a little bit more. And, you know, I read a lot of personal development books as well. And what I love about that is it isn't, well, I don't know how it's categorized. I wouldn't necessarily categorize it under personal development. There's a lot of memoir in it, but it's not self-indulgent either. It's really still empowering you to make better decisions or feel more empowered in the decisions you're making that are right for you and live a life on your terms without necessarily saying, let's sit and journal on this. Let's sit and, and act on this. It's much subtler than that. And and maybe it's because, you know, I do read so many personal development books that really felt like a breath of fresh air and a real a nurturing support, but still something that would rally me into taking action. Yes, she had a beautiful or has a beautiful way of being able to tell stories. But they're stories that you can relate to and stories that you can see yourself, not necessarily the exact same scenario but there's something in the way she writes that invites you in and invites you to to your own self-inquiry yeah yeah sure. completely yeah it's it's like she tells her story and that's one story but she tells it for many mm. um, yeah. yeah yeah it's really beautiful mm. cool okay so we've got a little bit of time left and I would love to hear more about how you support women and what you're engaging in at the moment and what's your, ex, you know, 20, like you said, 2020 has been a very, a very interesting year in terms of like collective rupture and yeah, all manner of things going, going on. But yeah, so I'd love any wisdom that you have about the year so far and how you're going to end it and what you're looking forward to in 2021 so that was a lot a lot there to cover so yeah what you're engaging in how people can connect yeah. with you and just yeah. a little bit of, of t about 2020 and looking forward yeah. okay I'll go in that order so that makes it kind of like clear so what am I engaging at the moment so a lot of my my soul work is working with women and helping them create a life on their own terms and helping them create a life that lights them up and really allows them to tap into their true desires and and create a life on that on that basis rather than kind of thinking what do I fit into and how can I kind of squeeze myself into that doing it the opposite way going what do I want my life to look like and then creating a life that reflects that um so in terms of of programs this year has been really interesting for me because I worked primarily one-to-one -one with women um on a one-on-one -on -one basis and this year in 2020 actually gave me the freedom to think beyond that and start to think how can I support more women and I, I do in a way have lockdown to thank for that I got into lockdown and found that I suddenly had this community of women who really needed me but I couldn't possibly one-on-one -on -one coach all of them it just wasn't possible in timing it wasn't possible energy-wise and I had to really think, okay, what can I create that will really support them during this time? And that was the birth of my first group program, which was the Soul Circle. And that really came from that desire of interweaving um, the lessons so that, you know, it goes through the lessons. And 
it was based on a lot of the stuff I saw recurring for women, you know, comparison, fear of judgment, confidence, um, beliefs holding them back, all these elements, but also having this element of the circle of women coming together and sharing their truth and being able to do that with complete honesty, being completely vulnerable in front of others, sharing their their biggest dreams, but also the things that scared them the most in the same space. Um, So that was the kind of the first thing that came. And then the second thing that came as well is that my my business really does have these two avenues, you know, helping women, supporting them when they're at that point where they are feeling quite lost or stuck or overwhelmed, I'm not sure where they're going, but also at the point where they've discovered, oh, okay, I know where I want to go now, but how do I get there? And I really wanted to help support women when they're building businesses. Um, I've built two businesses now and the first one, I did very well with it, but oh my gosh, I did it very wiggly, very like, you know, learning on the go, make all the mistakes, kind of try things out, experiment, see how it goes, throw a load of arrows, hope some take. Um, But the kind of negative consequence of that was I fell out of love with my business. I I tapped into a lot of hustle energy. I was working really hard. I was burning myself out. Um, And yeah, you know, I started to fall out of love with it, which is such a crying shame, really. Um, So I wanted to help women build businesses in a much more soulful way. So supporting through the process on a kind of mental spiritual level and and providing that firm basis and those foundations that they feel like they could make all their dreams a reality but also giving them the practical tools and the practical knowledge you know in terms of marketing in terms of building websites in terms of mailing lists and all these kind of nitty-gritty bits that can be really hard to find so that was the soulful startup that then that then came to life um so in terms of finding me I hang out on Instagram a lot um I'm at I am Alexandria Maria I try and share some helpful stuff and there's also quite a lot of puppy pictures on there as well because we just got a new puppy so (laughs) good good mix good mix of uh mix of both at the moment um and in terms of reflections for 2020 and 2021 2020 has been difficult for so many people and I don't want to take away from that because that experience is undeniable but I also think 2020 has been an opportunity for so many of us to really strip away all the noise strip away all the stuff that we thought we needed or that we should want or that we should have and really come back to what really matters to us and that's on every level whether it be you know realizing that packing your calendar with social engagements that you didn't really want to go to actually wasn't a sole yes from you to the bigger things you know as as I mentioned before realizing that your job was actually completely wrong for you you know realizing that a relationship had run its course um I think we can take some really powerful lessons from it and I have witnessed transformation on a faster level than I've ever seen before and that can be a real gift and we can use this time and this rapid transformation, this time to reflect. And it's strange because it's it's there's a stillness to it. There's a stillness and a deep reflection, but there's also, because of that stillness, it's kind of a paradox. You create that, that rap, more rapid transformation. We can really take that and take that into 2021 and not just 2021, beyond, and really start to create a life on terms that really set us alight, you know, make us feel alive that really get those juices going. Um, so I think we can take a lot of gifts from it. We can see the lessons and 
and start to really yeah create an amazing future mm, gorgeous and I'd love to hear what one of your desires are for whether it's you know next year or you know beyond but um what do you most desire Alexandria I love that question um what do I most desire two things from my business I I want to reach more people I want to reach more women I really want to help more women like this is like I'm a full body soul yes like I'm all in when I'm I'm helping these women build their business or you know reconnect what it is they truly want so being able to help more women like that would be everything um and on a more kind of like personal life basis we're in a real point of transition ourselves so we've we're we were in London for seven or eight years um I fell out of love with London about three years ago it just for me personally where I was with everything it started to not fit um and I'm now on a journey, I guess, of trying to find where is my next place to kind of make some roots and, you know, potentially start a family in the next few years and things like this. So my desire is to really find my soul yes place and to really find that place that kind of I can connect with nature. Um, I can be in good weather. I'm, a, I'm like a real sun worshiper. I love the sun just gives me so much energy and so much life. Um, I can be in the sun, a beautiful community around us as well of, of you know, wonderful souls who want to connect and on a deeper basis. Um, and yeah, just that, that thing that you can't like put a name on, just that sense of like, this is the place, this is right for us. So I'm hoping in our travels, we'll, we'll find that in the next, in the next year. Mm-hmm. Well, there's great power in speaking our desires out loud. So um, <laughs> I'm glad that you shared them on stories worth telling. Alexandria, thank you so much for being our guest today. I've absolutely loved listening to you, seeing you. I know for those of you listening, <laughs> listening, you can't see Alexandria, but <laughs> um, I'm waving. <laughs> yeah, but just seeing you light up as you've been speaking has just been absolutely gorgeous. You you know, just so radiant and the the love that you have for what you do really is shining through in everything that you're saying. So thank you so much. Thank you so much as well. I was super excited for this and yeah, and I think I was a little bit nervous because I knew it would be a bit of a cracking open and it, and it felt like that. But thank you for the, the opportunity to be here with you. If you would like to find out more about When Women Speak and keep up to date with everything that's going on, then please join our mailing list over on the website, which is www.sgn.com. That stands for When Women Speak Global Network.